Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Are ready, Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Darn a number leaver. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing Mohegan Lake Studios in Mohegan Lake, New York. Guys, I had to switch it up as we get to that in a moment. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Hey, everybody, what's up? Tough week for gangrene uh the show our show's name mike has never been more apropos never been more fitting than a time like right now is it mike it really is not easy being green it's not easy being a jet fan now we dropped the show last week recorded it wednesday night thursday we have found out the information about sam darnold his diagnosis of mononucleosis it's gonna be out for a little bit dropped a little tidbit at the beginning of last show we didn't get to talk about it mike and it's just one of these deals that it's very jet-like it seems, you know, after a long line of different mishaps that have happened historically to the Jets, different letdowns, disappointments, bad draft picks, bad coaches, plays on the field that have nicknames that people will remember forever. After years and years of years of these things happening, I think Jet fans have a right to feel a little fatigued at this point, Mike, by this dark cloud that seems to hang over us every time we seem like we're taking a positive step one way, take one step in one direction, feels like we take two steps backwards. Sam's diagnosis, bizarre, I've never heard of this really with professionality. Of course that happens to the Jets, and it really put us in a tough spot going into that game with the Browns. We know what happened. Trevor Simeon went out there, did his best, got his legs snapped, Oh we go to Luke Falk. Mike, a turn of events the past seven days with the Jets that we could not have anticipated, but to say that this is very Jets-like, to feel like we are in Groundhog Day, like Bill Murray. How do you know so much about Punxsutawney? We've spent a lot of time here. And always something's going wrong all the time. No matter what we try to do to change it, we can't change there it. There's something so familiar about this. Here we are again, Mike. Do you ever have deja vu? Didn't you just ask me that? Yeah, if, just to put it in some context for me personally, as far as weirdness, Twilight Zone type jet stuff uh i thought the weirdest thing i ever saw was when geno smith was out because of a broken jaw and uh we learned about that situation i was just like that's so bizarre and then this i would think would take the cake but as far as a blow to the gut as a jet fan i would say this would rank number three as far as just uh the news just shocked me and hurt me the worst one in my life as a Jet fan, I think you will agree, was in 1999 when we were going into uh, to the season as Super Bowl favorites to make the Super Bowl and Vinny Testaverde went out with a torn Achilles. That was devastating. That was devastating. You remember that. You remember that. And then that, that was, and then the second one to me was preseason against the Atlanta Falcons. Chad Pennington coming off a division win. Uh, goes out there in a the preseason, snaps his shoulder or something, whatever he broke, and he was out. And I guess we had books. That was, yeah. So this one would probably be the third, because, you know, 
we had so much hope coming into this season. And we knew, you know, you know, we said, oh, yeah, they can win the division. I said, you know, I think, why not? Why can't they win? You know, all the things. And then just injury after injury after injury. And then our quarterback gets mononucleosis. I mean, my goodness. I mean, I start reading. He could be out for six, seven, eight weeks, depending on what they're saying. Now, looking at it right now, Sam admitted. He said, I know the spleen is the main issue. So they're watching his spleen because what happens is the spleen enlarges. And if they rupture that, he could die. So he's yet to be clear for physical activity. The plan is for him to begin running next week after getting a checkup on Monday. Then really they could start working on getting him onto the field and begin uh, uh, getting him under center and start prepping him for week five against Philadelphia. That's what he's pushing for. And at this point, honestly, I will say this. After the Bills game, you and I came on here and we said Sam Darnold was one of the negatives. And then, lo and behold, we find out that, um, you know, he wasn't feeling himself like himself. Sam, uh, Coach Gase dialed up a conservative game plan for him. They didn't know really what was wrong, but he wanted to push through it. And the man went out there and played with Mono. And he, you know, now looking at it, we're like, oh, well, that explains kind of why this looked different from how he looked in preseason. It was like night and day, the offense. And so, um, and it, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged that, you know, the guy has some spunk to him. You know, he, he doesn't just lay down. He, he went and fought despite, and he didn't even know he was infected with mononucleosis. Um, but now I just want him to be healthy. So if he comes back against the Eagles or four weeks past that, I'm okay either way. I just want him to be healthy, come in, and then just play well and grow, honestly. Yeah, Mike. I mean, I guess in the long run, if we're looking at the the big picture, whatever it is they have to do to make sure Sam's health is the place it needs to be and nothing's going to happen to him detrimental for his future, that's what you have to do. And everyone gets that. You got to be pragmatic. Got to use your head. It just, it's just tough because you just, the stretch that we have now, as we said last week, I mean, these are a lot of games that we'd probably be the underdog in anyway, but you feel like if we had Sam out there, you're a little more confident, maybe you could steal one of them, right? You don't know, you don't have that same confidence, obviously, with Luke Falk, and we'll get into him in a little bit. Uh, he did play pretty decent last uh, last game. He had some drops there, 20 for 25 for Luke Falk, but, you know, he's not Sam. It's just, it is, it is it's just so jet-like what happened, and, you know, we just gotta, we're gonna have to try to make the best of it, and one thing I want to say, you know, going into next week in the future it's okay to be down when that happened. It was okay to be bummed out when you heard about Sam. Last week's game stunk. You know, as everyone knows, we talked about it last week. Mike was actually here in New York. We had a great time in the parking lot tailgating. We had an absolute blast. The game was tremendous. We had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Outcome of the game, not so much. That sucked. But what I want to say to all Jet fans is, you know, you hear a lot of the woe is me Jet fan. And there's a reason why. You know, at the beginning of this, I, I mentioned some reason why. It sucks. It seems like this happens to us a lot, Mike, and I even forgot about the Geno thing. And it's okay, like I said in the short term. This week, it's stunk. Get it out of our system. But when it comes to Sunday and it comes to the future, let's at least try to have some fun with this season because you only get 16 of these games, Mike. You know, we wait all year for football season. Sam's out. That stinks. Every game we play from here on out with Luke Falk in there, we're going to be the underdog. So why not, as Jet fans, why not just try to embrace every one of these games? 
root our team on, not be negative. If we take a loss, so what? Move on to the next game, try to steal one of these games, try to get our record as good as we can, get a few wins before we get Sam back. So much negativity, I totally understand why. But there's nothing you can do about it now. You know, yes, we gotta get back yes. on board and we gotta get all the chips into the middle for the Luke Falk train. That's right. That's right. Let's get that. I mean, if you're looking at positives, Le'Veon Bell has been absolutely amazing. Worth every dollar of that contract. He's, the guy was, had no lanes, had absolutely no chances. The offensive line, and we'll get to that in a second, didn't give him not one, and he is pushing through. And you know what's so crazy? These are the, you know, I love one of the best lines from The Dark Knight is the night is darkest before the dawn. I believe that. And in the darkest of nights, when the storm hits, that's where your true character shines. That's where you see who you really are as a person, right? And that's why I'm looking at Gase. I got eye on Gase, watching him in these moments. And I'm looking at Le'Veon Bell, and his attitude is spectacular. Spectacular. And he played a phenomenal game against the Browns. I thought he, you know, he had 21 carries for 68 yards. And he had 10 catches for 61 yards. You know, no tees because of, you know, the offense was in that. But he was out there doing everything he could. So I thought that was a real positive. I also thought that the Jet defense as a whole did great. Honestly, Greg Williams dialed up a good good game plan. I mean, they were, I mean, you and I were watching the game. They were stopping the Browns. They were kicking field goals. They were holding them with drives. I know Baker doesn't really look the greatest right now. He was missing some throws. But I thought... Greg Williams dialed up a pretty good game plan there. Um, and I thought that the cornerbacks took, did better than they did against the Buffalo Bills. Nate Harrison was good. Now, I'm not going to say they were great, but I think Daryl Roberts played a better game. And Nate Harrison was covering OBJ the best he could. I mean, that one touchdown that OBJ had was an issue on Brian Poole. And I don't know where Marcus May was going. He looked like he was looking for going to, yeah, he looked like he was running to Los Huevos or something. I don't know what he was doing. You know, that, but, but, but besides that, I thought the, I thought the defense kept it from breaking open even into the third quarter it was 16 to 3 all they needed was one offensive score and they were right back in that game so i thought the defense did good how about sam, how about sam thicken how about thicken yeah how about seeing a field goal go through the uprights for one season? <laughs> Which was nice to see. It was kind of a knuckleballer, but it went through, which is all that matters. When he lined up to kick it, I was a little nervous, but we got some points on the board. They are the only points of the day. And when it comes to the defense, Mike, it is true. The defense, I mean, they gave up that one big play to, to Beckham, obviously. Yeah, yeah, uh, besides yeah. that, Beckham, I mean, Beckham, Beckham had 161 yards and a touchdown. Half those yards basically came on one play, right? Chubb, 18 carries, 62 yards. So they held him three and a half yeah. yards a carry, which is pretty with, good. Baker with Mayfield. Linebackers. Yeah, with Baker Mayfield, linebackers. 19 for 35. I mean, so he had 325 yards and that, that touchdown to, Be- to Beckham. But, I mean, Beckham made a great play there. Besides that, I don't think Baker played that well either. I think the defense didn't play that bad. Bell was the shining star of the game, as he always is. Nowhere to run, but he still managed to make, make things happen when he could. 10 catches, 61 yards for him. You saw... Once Luke Falk get up, got on the game there. Now I know uh, you know Simeon only had six attempts. He was in there for I think two or three drives. Six attempts, three completions, three yards, one snap leg. That was Simeon's stats for the day. Um, unfortunate for him, but Luke Falk came in twenty for twenty five in the game, hundred ninety eight yards. And you know Robbie Anderson actually got a, um, some the balls downfield thrown to him. Robbie was four for eighty one. Crowder had four more catches. Uh, they were not able to put the ball in the end zone. I know we had the fumble from Lev late in the game there, which was tough. Man, we might have got another maybe uh, touchdown there. And there was some drops too. Bellamy had a big drop that stopped, that stopped the drive that hit him, and um, yeah. he's kind of in a waste, you know. That, and that's one of those drops that uh, Mike, if you remember the play, 
from where we were sitting, you could tell. Uh, maybe you couldn't tell from the replay on television. But when you dropped the ball, if he would have caught that and just broken the one tackle, he might have been running to the end zone. And then the game 16-10 right there. You know, that's kind yeah. of a different ball game. So um, I thought Falk was another positive, which is surprising because yeah. we didn't think he was going to play. And- but he did not play that bad. He actually played pretty good. Keith, can I can I just say one thing? I think this is a moment we should give credit where credit's due. We had a show with the Jet Factor podcast, and CJ DeSimone said he thought Luke Falk was better than Simeon. And I remember um, Carlos kind of laughed at him and said, oh, he's only playing with the third and fourth string. And I have to admit, I think that CJ was right. Luke Falk was. And was if you remember when, when CJ brought that up, mm-hmm. I, I, we brought up, I talked about his preseason statistics this year, which were really, really good for Luke Falk. I mean, and I get it, guys. You have to look at the preseason stats, you know, as what they are. And this is what I, what me and Mike kind of told everyone when it came to Daniel Jones also. Well, you know, it's the preseason. You know, he's not playing against the top-level guys. But if you look at his preseason, it was pretty good against what he did play against. He was pretty efficient. And also, Mike, if you look at his stats when he was in college, this is a dude who started four years. He was a Mm four-year starter at Washington State. 119 touchdowns, 39 interceptions. He finished with 142 QB rating. I mean, that's some serious stats. Most touchdowns, most completions, and most yards in the history of the Pac-10 for any quarterback. That's more than Sam, more than Sanchez, more than Liner, more than any of those guys that have ever played. I know a lot of those guys only played a year or two, but... I mean, that, that's impressive. So when you look at his college stats, I mean, he has actual legitimate college credentials. Yeah. You know, not a right. guy who's that much of a reach, someone who actually does have some talent, and someone that maybe we shouldn't be as surprised as he is. I mean, CJ was on, and she thought he was going to play pretty good. All I knew of really was his, his preseason performance, which I thought was pretty good. He was always pretty efficient. 20 for 25 last weekend in a tough spot for the Jets. So going into next weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit, you know, we'll see what happens with Falk. That was definitely a positive. Those, there's not that many positive to go off from last week, obviously. I mean, what are you going to do? You score three points, you lose the game by 20 at home in that situation. I mean, what are you going to really say? But uh, we do have some negatives to get to. I mean, Simeon getting his leg snaps, not something you can foresee happening. Obviously, it was negative, but it kind of turned into a bit of a positive with Luke Falk being in there. But the, the main glaring negative that we have from last week was the offensive line. Trash. Garbage. Trash. No, I and and I oh. listen. Look, look. I oh. want to say something. I know that you're a very emotional Jet fan when we are together in the games, and I know that I am not a negative Nancy. You know that I'm probably the most positive human you'll ever know. Who comes up with any reason to to, to say I love the Jets? They're going to do great. We're going to win no matter what. And I'm sitting next to you, and after I think it was one or two drives. I think it was the second drive. I was like, yo, we're going to get destroyed. And you were like, I will throw you out of this section right now. <laughs> and I was just like, and I knew, and I'm like, and I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say anything, but like, I knew we were going to get decimated because of the line, kid. I was watching the line and there was, I was like, are we, are we serious with this right now? What is going on? Yo, that was the worst left tackle performance I have ever seen in my life. Ever. What Beecham what Beecham showed. They said that Beecham gave up three sacks and had three holding penalties in the bro, same game. Bro, bro, bro. Is that is that correct, Mike? Yes, yes it is. And it's it is a I think that 
right now Sam being out may end up being a favor to his career because they need to get this offensive line figured out and figured out fast. I'm going to tell you right now that um, Harrison needs to start at center because right now, dude who just came off the couch needs to go back to the couch, bro. Like, he is not playing well at all. Alecio Semele, I, I, it just, it, it, the bluff, this is the worst offensive line I've seen in a really long time. And it led to Simeon's leg getting completely snapped. So that was definitely a negative. The O line is to me the biggest concern. And before Sam gets back, hopefully they can make some changes there. You know, we have an offensive line coach that needs to really address that. It is an issue. The other major issue that I saw was penalties. And I don't know how many yards. And how many penalties there was in total. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was a lot. <laughs> and I know you know that because it felt like every three plays there was a penalty, a penalty, a penalty. It was just unbelievable what we were seeing. Also, you know, Gase with his play calling. And, and that's something that I, one of the positives I wanted to say real quick uh, from a coaching perspective was I like that they benched Tremaine Johnson for his bad play on Sunday. And there was a story that came out today that they don't think that he really loves football. And that's something that Joe Douglas wants out of his players. And this, uh, this coaching staff doesn't care how much money you're making. If you're not playing up to snuff, they'll, they'll bench you. And I like that. And the other thing that I liked from, and, and we're going to get on the coaching staff in a second on the negatives, but the other thing is Gase did call himself out this week and say he has to do a better job of play calling. I, look, I, I, I like that he said that. I'm like, good, good, you said that because you definitely need to do a better job. So, so last week we couldn't really move the ball. Then we had a drive where we all of a sudden ran the ball seven times in a row, you know, and it was working. And um, you get yourself to a point where it's third and two, and you say, all right, well, we got Lev. If you are going to go for it, if it's four down territory, I'm pretty sure if you give Levy on the ball twice, he's going to be able to get two yards, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they throw the ball twice, and they get the ball back. And the next play after that was the touchdown to Beckham. And all of a sudden, they gave 23-3. So then that was also a situation where they could have gone for a field goal there, which Gase didn't think was an option. But if the game was 16-6 to there and the kickoff circumstances are different, instead of it being 16-6, you don't get the first down, you know, as I just said, the touchdown to Beckham, the game's 23-3, so. And also, when it came to those penalties, Mike, 12 penalties for the Jets, 89 yards. Unreal, brother. In the game, unreal, and that's just unreal. But the biggest, but to me, the biggest negative of all, even more than the offensive line, even more than the penalties, even more than Gase, is Leonard Williams. Keith, this guy was drafted sixth overall in the entire draft, and... You know, there's a lot of slack that's been on Leonard Williams because he doesn't get sacks, but at least he used to get pressures, QB pressures. He would stop the run well. He's regressing in front of us. He's not He's not even a good player anymore. He's an okay, mediocre player. And that game that he played in front of us on, Sunday, on Monday night was probably the worst game I've seen him play in his professional career. And if he thinks that he's going to get an extension playing like this, he is supposed to be one of our leaders, one of our signing stars, and he looked tremendously pathetic. And I'm very disappointed in what I'm seeing. I was hoping to see a breakout season from him. I know he hasn't had a chance to play with Conan Williams because he's hurt, but I thought under Coach uh, um, Gase and under Coach Greg Williams that he would be able to rise to the moment, and he is not doing that. No, not at all, Mike. So far in the season here for Leonard Williams, seven tackles. 
zero sacks, uh, three QB hits on the season. He's not really not really getting anything done. And what we heard when Greg Williams was coming in here was that things were going to be a little bit different. That's why they brought Williams back coming into the offseason. Mike, I thought he was somebody they might not bring back just because of that price tag, that $14 right. million dollar price tag, compared to the statistical production you've gotten for him, which is just not in the realm of somebody who's getting paid $14 million, which is a pretty decent amount of money right there. I mean, $14 million is the reason Melvin Gordon's holding out right now. Completely different position. So not every position can be comparable salary-wise, but, I mean, he makes he makes legitimate money this season. And yeah. he's, he's giving us absolutely nothing. So, I mean, yeah. all of those yeah. things were negative. I think... One of the th- one of the moves or one of the things that happened as the game went on towards the end of the game there was those few penalties from Jamal Adams, uh, and that kind uh-huh. of became a bit of controversy here for the Jets, Mike, because Jamal Adams was hyped up and you know alluding to something you said earlier when you talked about Lev. And one thing I want to say and give him credit for, and I'll give Jamal Adams credit for too, is these guys. The reason they're so good, Mike, is because. Even if their team is losing, I mean, they want to win. They want to win every snap, win every down. They're not. They don't want to give in, you know. And Bell didn't give up as that game went on. I mean, he was playing hard. He was the whole offense, and neither did Jamal Adams. And he got a little height. He got a little height there at the end. A penalty. He had a few comments to say about it after the game. We won't get into all that. What we'll say is that the way Gase handled it when he spoke about it at the press conference initially, I you know raised some eyebrows, I guess. But then. When he clarified himself and talked about it again, he said it wasn't really a benching. I was just trying to cool him down. This, that, and the third. Right, uh, right. You know, I'm kind of in. The, I'm kind of in the middle on it because I don't know. To me, if that's necessarily sending the message you want to the team, just because of the level of leader Jamal Adams is, he is the captain of the team. He's the face of the Jets besides Sam. He's the guy, Mike, that's out there recruiting guys to come to the Jets, you know, on yep. social media. He's yep. the guy out there tackling the Patriots mascot, the guy out there making Pro Bowls. So, you know, when someone's that competitive as him and he means that much to the team, I, I just worry is Gay sending the wrong message? Is this similar to situations that happened to him when he was in Miami where he was able to alienate a lot of players, create a lot of little mini beefs with players, it was reported. And, you know, a lot of those little mini beefs can kind of turn the tide and the temperature of the team against you, which is not what you Correct. want. So that's what I worry about with it. And then on the other hand, you say to yourself, all right, if he was just trying to cool him off, Jamal was heated, don't want him to get injured, whatever the case may be. Maybe mm-hmm. there's reasoning there, but it doesn't make sense also. I'm like, where do you fall on it? You know, I I didn't want to take him out, obviously. You want to let beasts be beasts. But, you know, I'm I, I'm going to give the coach the benefit of the doubt in that he knows the player better than I do. He said why he did it. He said that he talked to him and that they're cool. And Jamal later said that there's no problems. He understands he's pissed off at the NFL for finding him on the hit on Baker Mayfield, which I completely agree. He should be pissed off. That wasn't a... I mean, fine. What's his name for hitting Trevor Sinian and breaking his damn leg, you know? And you want to, you know, find Jamal for hitting Baker Mayfield. I, I just... It's like whatever. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm watching Gase as he goes through. Right now, he's disappointed me on his play calls. I know he has. he's been given a really tough... Uh, uh, start here with all the players that have been hurt. I mean, I can go through the list right now. Sam Darnold, now Trevor Simeon, Quincy Nuno out for the season, Demarius Thomas, who we just traded for, hamstring, Chris Herndon is on suspension, CJ Mosley is out with a groin, Avery Williamson is out for the season, Jordan Jenkins is now day-to-day, he came out in the second quarter of the game, Quinn Williams banged up with an ankle, Tremaine Johnson is getting benched because he's not playing well, 
well. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And these are all starters. These are all valuable players. So he hasn't been dealt a very strong hand, Adam Gase. I'm not going to say that he's failing miserably in how he's handling it, but I'm not like impressed either. So hopefully something like this with Jamal Adams doesn't lead to any issues down the road we need Jamal more than anything like you said for psyche for the team he's a leader he's one of our lions he's one of the guys that are champions and I hope that he comes out and I hope he smashes Tom Brady on Sunday just like he did Baker Mayfield oh yes yes me too Mike everything you said is true there and you know, we got to see. Keep an eye on that. You know, you don't like him unfollowing the Jets on social media. That's a very 2019 way to react when you're upset. But that's the world we live in now. And that's kind of how players operate now. And I just hope we're not sitting here next year and he's one of these players demanding a trade or something like that. Right now, I really do think Adams is a great player and kind of a guy, even though he's a safety. Someone just because of his character and the way he plays and how hard he plays. And uh, he means a lot to the team. I think it's someone you can build around for sure. And, you know, that that's what worried me with that. All right. And now, you know, we'll get into next week. Uh... Guys, Jet fans, compadres, friends, fellow gangrene members, when we're at our lowest, which is right now, with a third-string quarterback, of course, of course, what we have on deck is the New England Patriots. Let's get to it, Mike. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, week three, NFL, 2-0 Patriots. We're heading up to Foxborough. 0-2 Jets. The Patriots are favored by about 22 points at this point. That's right, 22 um, points. This is a, I do not remember the last time the Jets were this big of an underdog. Uh, I didn't look it up either because I didn't want to know because I knew when I would see the answer. It'd be some other time in my life that I was miserable just like I am this week. So I don't need to put that information in my head, but underdog big time this week. Now, I told you, Mike, and you, you know I put this publicly out to all of our friends. I'm all aboard the Luke Falk train because we have no other choice. Jet fans, okay? We're not going to stick our heads in the sand now watch the games. And I'm going to put this hypothetical scenario out there, Michael. Now, I know we're favored to get demolished. And unfortunately, the odds are that's going to be what occurs. However, there's another scenario that could play itself out. And that's that Luke Falk maybe is better than people think. You know, maybe the, maybe the Jets have a scenario where they get a special teams play and return a punt. Maybe the Jets have a big-time interception return. Maybe we get some breaks to go our way because they certainly haven't the first two weeks at all in any way, shape, or form. You do never know what happens in these games. I know we're probably going to lose. I know the odds are the Patriots are going to hand it to us. I know the Patriots are ready to crush us. Defense is looking good. They're putting points on the board. But I am not going to give up on a game, especially with this team that we are playing this week that we despise so much. Even before we go out and play it, I refuse to do that, Mike. I'm not going to do it. We've seen bigger upsets in the history of sports. So I'm not saying we're going to win, Mike, but I am all aboard the Falk train. I do think, you know, Steelers obviously have a good team. Their offense is not on track week one. We know what happened week two with the patch, so. You know, sometimes on here you say Mike is such a good person. You know, he has really good morals. And, I, you know, I try to have good morals. I try, I try to believe in the right things and do the right things. But I'll tell you that, you know, this team... This team, the New England Patriots, tra- challenges my spirituality. I mean, it does. Like, I, I know I shouldn't wish hurt on any human, but when I look at Tom Brady, you know, I'm challenged. I'm challenged. I would absolutely love for my team to win on Sunday. I know we're big, big underdogs, but you know what? They told the United States that they couldn't win a title in hockey and beat the Russians. They said they had no chance. And what happened? So there's always a chance. No matter what, you just got to go out there and play the game. 
So you know what? When I go look at the season leaders, you know, not looking at quarterback rushing, you're rushing wise, Le'Veon Bell, 38 carries for 128 yards is doing better than Sony Michelle with 36 carries and 97 yards. And receiving-wise, our number one receiver is Jamison Crowder with 18 receptions and 139 yards. And their number one receiver is Philip Dorsett with seven receptions and 134 yards. So I'm just going to take that cookie and just say, hey, go ahead, Luke, go out there. And let me tell you something. If I'm Adam Gase, I open up the entire playbook. I just let it go, son. Put him out there, spread it five wide. Let's run it, son. Like, I would not be conservative. I wouldn't hold it back. If he throws six interceptions, so what? Yeah, Go I mean, you know what? There. Why not? I mean, what else Why do we not? got to lose? Why not? Uh, Why you not? know, you're kind of playing at this point with house money, especially this week. You know, it's one of those scenarios where we're kind of all mentally preparing ourselves for something bad to happen. So if something good does happen, that's the most, a ridiculous bonus. If we hang in the game and play well, who knows? You know, you, you never never know. I don't think CJ Mosley's going to play. I don't think Q's going to play. Obviously, we know Sam's not going to play. You mentioned all the other injuries. So we're in rough shape here. You know, and I just wish yeah. we weren't going up to Foxborough but, this week. But you know what, But Keith, it is what it is. I would, I would I, and, and you know what, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you're just saying what you're saying. You know what, even with the team as hurt as it is, even with the history as what it is, I would rather be a Jet fan. I would rather love a team like this than to ever be a fan of that disgusting franchise who still has Antonio Brown signed, who Nike just finished dropping endorsements on deal on. Another vendor also dropped an endorsement on another accusation by this player. And, you know, do the Patriots care if he's still a Patriot? Of course they don't. Of course they don't, because this is a team that doesn't care what it needs to do to win. And that's why anyone I ever talk to, you know, people always want to jump on the Brady and the Belichick bandwagon when I sit people down. Because I love the truth, Keith. I love the truth. You know why? You can't run from it. You can't run from it. When I sit humans down and I explain and show the facts and say, you tell me, how someone can be the, considered the greatest of something when they've tried to cheat that profession. Explain to me how you could take that position. Well, and no like, other. Well, well, they go, well, everybody, well, a lot of other people do it. You know what? We're not talking about other people. We're talking about this person right here. And when you look at the other contenders who are considered the greatest of all time, Bill Walsh and the 49ers or, or the, the Steelers of the past, were they ever convicted or caught cheating the game? No, they were not. This team was, and there's documented history of it. You cannot run from it. Even Bill Belichick admitted such and said, well, I didn't know when he had people wearing NFL film shirts up in the stands and having them say, oh, we're working for craft production. Right. Sure. You didn't know. Right. Anyway back to the point this is a disgusting franchise and obviously the signing of ab the signing of murderers and and drug dealers and such and cheaters who break their phones this is what they do and i just like i said i struggle spiritually with this team comes to most other sports mike when a team is cheated and been caught cheating they've been stripped of their titles or the case may be but there's no mechanism for that with the national football league because they want to protect themselves and they'll look bad if they were back in the day to say the patriots did something which is why they went to foxborough and 
did a stomp out of tapes that would implicate the Patriots to be even even more trouble than people realize because none of us even know what happened all these years later because they destroy the evidence, which is un, which is mind boggling, unbelievable, which is unheard it's of. But it's, it's a private you know company, the NFL. They could do what they want, but it's the equivalent of the FBI going to someone's house and. They suspect the person of being a serial killer, and there's evidence that they are a serial killer. But the FBI goes there and protects the guy and destroys all the evidence. You're like, wait, what happens? I don't, don't. And they, and they say to you, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> you know, we're gonna get the guy a little fine. He, he didn't do everything you thought you did. And you go, well, how do we know that they didn't? Don't worry about. It. Just take our word for it. You know, I shouldn't. <laughs> it's, you know, what's crazy. You know, it's like it's like being in it's like being in school and having a kid cheat on his test time time again, but he has the highest grades. And then after a couple times that he was caught. He continues to have high grades, and you're like, "Are you still cheating?" I mean, <laughs> like it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and anytime and I get run into any Patriot fan with their hatest because you ain't us BS, I just throw the truth right in their face, and they're just like, "Eh, well, eh, eh." All right, well, this weekend though, Mike, uh, it could be it could be a long weekend, could be a long three hours for us on Sunday. We'll strap in, we'll root our, root our team on as always. Let's see what Luke Falk can do for us. Maybe if he can stay pretty accurate. And if he doesn't turn the ball over, who the hell knows? I mean, God, you wonder how we're going to be able to move the ball on them. But we do have Lev. Robbie's going to be healthy. Maybe they'll maybe they'll get you know Montgomery more involved. Who knows? He hasn't really done too much yet. But hey, hey, quick question: Is Wookie over there in Los Huevos with Senor today this week? I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show. You guys have probably noticed there was no introduction of the big sticking Wookiee this week, uh, the NFL correspondent for the AEBG podcast, because he's down on site in Los Huevos. A lot of action this week. A lot of players getting sent down there this week. A lot of injuries to NFL quarterbacks this week. Uh, yeah. A Los Huevos favorite, and he actually was an event coordinator in Los Huevos. Gardner <laughs> Minshew got scooped up this week. He's in the NFL now. Uh, off waivers. So a lot of action, a lot of activity. Wookie's down there. He's going to have a report for us next week. Him and Senor, when they're together, they get it. They tie it on. You're crazy. You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy. You're tired. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Wookie always oh comes back, God. always comes back rejuvenated, <laughs> feeling good after he goes down to Los Huevos. So he'll be back with us next week, guys. Uh, one of the reasons we're recording here in Mohican Lake instead of Crystal Lake Studios, there's a power outage in the whole area of Crystal Lake. So, you know what, guys? Sometimes you got to just make do. you got to just make it happen. That's what we did. We're making sure we get the podcast out to you. Took us a few days. Mike was here in New York. He got back to uh, uh, Texas on Tuesday. I went to the Ranger game Wednesday night. So here we are on Thursday trying to get this out to everybody. But, you know, all, all we can say is at least Jet fans, we know kind of what this feels like. This kind of area of sadness, unfortunately. We're used to it. We've been here. We've been in this territory. Unfortunately, we know the taste of this. Not that we deserve this, but it's something we're used to. So, this early in the season, kind of sucks to be this bummed out, Mike. But I just want all the Jet fans to keep their heads up. Sam's going to come back. You know, he basically said that he might be able to come back for that Eagles game, Mike, or after the bye, right? So, you know, he might not be out as long as people think and. Who knows, Sam could have been in and we could have just got our butts whooped in these games anyway. But instead he's going to be out. Like you said, there could be a positive. The offensive line could get everything, all their ducks in a row before he comes back. And we're even better moving forward in the future. Who the hell knows? Let's try to find the positives and the silver linings. You sure as hell know there are not many. Michael, I want to thank you for joining me as always. If anybody wants to listen to us, support us, tell their friends about us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? 
Well, we're on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. My name is Keith Farrell. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namus, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans are fans. Bird, Bird. Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. I want a number leaver.